0: the Gloucester Vineyard Church weekly podcast. We are creating a community that brings hope and joy to Gloucestershire and we are thrilled that you've downloaded this message. So without further ado, let's hear the talk. Um, Good morning. Um, So uh, this last week, um, Daniel started our two part series on relationships, um, and he spoke about marriage last week um, and this morning, Claire and I are going to be talking about singleness. Um, we thought it would be a good one to look at because it 's in the two part series, but also because we so rarely do. I think um, singleness is something we don 't really take time to think about to consider, and especially within a church context, and particularly on a Sunday morning as well um, and We actually have been doing a lot of chatting and reading and listening about it, and we kind of think that Jesus has some really strong thoughts on the subject, actually. Um, Not least because he was single, um, but also, um, yes, so we're gonna explore and unpack them a bit this morning. Um, So for the record, I am not single, I am married to Daniel. And I am single. Brilliant. Um, So, uh, before we get cracking, on your tables or in little group of chairs we would love you to come up with the number what we've got to have two minutes we've we got two minutes timer it's fine if not two minutes to discuss the single best thing about being single so it could be that you get to eat all the ice cream or choose what you want on TV or whatever it is come up with the best reason the best thing about being single yeah two minutes go All right, fab, two minutes is up. Can I have someone shout out the best thing in your experience of being single? Make questionable interior design decor um, without being questioned, I like it. Anyone else? Whole bed to yourself. Yeah, yeah, all right. What did this table say? no pressure to wash (laughs) I like it you guys time with friends friends. yeah absolutely freedom of time time by by yourself yep absolutely you guys anyone on this table all the free time brilliant to do what you're the yeah the freedom of freedom of movement and time I like it did you were you going to say something Yeah, less compromise needed. Yes. Brilliant. Fab. Thank you, guys. Bit of a throwaway thing, but appreciate it. And I got a few lols, so we're good. Um, So, Claire, um, could you give us a little bit of an insight into what you have observed or experienced of singleness in our society and um, particularly as well in our churches and stuff?
1: Yeah, so... um I feel like that when you, whenever you watch a film or listen to a song, or um, you know, listen to, read poetry or whatever it might be, singleness is portrayed quite often as either uh, you know a sad thing that you're lonely, that you might be depressed, um, or else um, constantly on the hunt for somebody, um, you know, busy online find, trying to find somebody, or else you know, a, you know, a reason to be wildly promiscuous. Yeah. and um, I, I feel like culture sort of it makes you feel that you need to find somebody to validate your existence a little bit. Um, culture so often portrays happiness and fulfillment as being with somebody and meeting your perfect person. Mm. And it's rare to see an example on, uh, you know, popular media of um, a single person who's fully fulfilled and happy as they are.
0: Yeah.
1: And I don't, know, I don't know if people agree, that's just been my experience. And I feel that sadly, so often, the church has kind of absorbed that and, Im- and imbibed that a little bit. So... Um, just my experience personally. I don't know if anyone can relate, but when at university, anything to do with like in your sort of late teens, early twenties, socially is kind of like oh, you know, you know, might meet your, your person. Angus literally just told me a story of a church he used to be in where they were like, all the single people stand up and you know take a look round. Is there anybody that might be of interest? Um, oh, how how encouraging. <laughs> and um, I just I just sort of feel that um, it's a little bit of a shame that we that we have this kind of view of of. Um, of marriage and, and children as the only way. I think that it's a bit of a fallacy because there's no such thing as the perfect person, and I also think that um, we we maybe are setting people up. People who want to get married, we it's sort of like promoting this idea that oh, once you get married, all your problems will be solved. Uh, you meet your prince prince charming or princess, and everything's wonderful. And then for single people, obviously, it's this idea that. Oh, you—you you know, you're really missing out. You know, you—you haven't got this perfect thing, so you're—you're you're really missing out, poor you. And—and um, um, and then worse than that, sometimes in my experience, churches can make you feel, or or certain sections of the church, I should say, can make you feel that if you're single, you're a little bit weird. Like there must be something weird with you. There must be something odd. Like, and one day we're going to find out what it is. Like maybe at night you you go green, like uh, like Fiona in Shrek. You know, what is it? Why why have you not met somebody? Um, um, but, when we, like Emily says, we've been talking about this, and I, I, I think it's a shame. I'm not sure that Jesus thought or intended for singleness to be um, thought of in this way. No, I, th-
0: I think I would absolutely agree <laughs> with you on that. Um, and I think that you're right. It is a real shame that kind of the church has kind of imbibed this culture of, I guess, like idolising marriage and kids as the only true fulfilment. And I think you're right, I think Jesus absolutely kind of blew all kind of boxes on singleness when he walked the earth um, for a bit of context uh, when Jesus was around he uh, there were kind of three main cultures that he was moving in um, Jewish culture Roman culture and Greek culture um, and in all three of these cultures singleness was just an absolute no-no like both Roman and Greek culture single people had no status no honor at all Um, and particularly in Jewish culture and belief which is the one that Jesus was um, growing up in um, the only way to participate in kind of God's life and promises was to have land to be married and to have children like those were kind of like the three visible blessings um, of God um that meant that you could participate in life. Um, that those were the three visible signs. Um, so again, if you didn't have land, weren't married and didn't have kids, then you were kind of outcast from society entirely. Um, and so that is the backdrop of the society that um, Jesus, a single man, grew up in. Um, and there was just this, there's this one time um, that I particularly just want to highlight um, this morning, um, when in this society, obsessed by marriage and biological family um, jesus's disciples are asking him about his thoughts on it, asking him about marriage and divorce, um, and Jesus responds by basically raising the bar. He raises the bar for marriage, kind of setting the tone of uh, marriage being two people coming together as one um, and thereby again raising the bar of divorce, which had previously been fairly low um, and Says, um, and he kind of raises all of these bars for marriage and divorce. Um, and his disciples are like, mate, like, it'll be better not to marry, which is a scandalous thing to say in that culture anyway. And instead of Jesus kind of going, oh, no, you definitely misunderstood me. Nothing's worse than being single. Like, um, you remember, like, the culture we're in. Um, instead of being like, oh, no, no, you didn't understand me right. Um, Jesus actually says, not everyone can accept this. Only those whom God helps. Some are born as eunuchs, some have been made eunuchs by others, and some choose not to marry for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone accept this who can. So just to clarify, like Jesus is saying that if you can accept against the prevailing culture, a life of singleness for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, you should say that again, if you can accept like against the prevailing culture a life of singleness for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, you should. There is so much to unpack here and we, we were listening to this incredible podcast which we will put in the weekly email for you all to go and have a listen to because it blew my boxes as well. Um, but basically, the coming of Jesus fundamentally changed the nature of singleness in this world. The central message of Jesus is about proclaiming the kingdom of God and that no longer requires a marriage. It no longer requires offspring. It no longer requires land. These are not prerequisites to living a fulfilled life, to a life of blessing and relationship with God where it previously had been. Jesus blew open the previously closed doors for single people um, to have this like breathtaking inheritance from God, um, to live well in the kingdom of God. Um, And even goes one step further and says, if you can accept this, i.e. an unmarried celibate life, a life of singleness, you should Like, the singleness is no longer despised. It's no longer a lesser way of life. um, It's no longer this kind of symbol of reproach, but it's actually an actively positive model for a way of life enabling, like, undistracted
1: worship to God. Yes? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah, and obviously Jesus himself was single, uh, and as Emily's explained, he was living in this like uber kids and, and marriage society. Yeah. Mm. And obviously, you know, we can sit here and say, yeah, but he was God, you know, he was fully God. He, he wouldn't have been affected by things like that. But he, I mean, yeah, he was fully God, but he was also fully human. So he yeah. experienced the same things that we experience. He experienced the, mo- the emotions that we have and the feelings that we have. So um, Jesus, the, the greatest man that ever walked the earth, chose not to get married yeah. and have children. And, um, and obviously lived a life that showed that he was you know, perfectly at peace, had lots of joy, was able to um, bless people in, in all sorts of wonderful ways. And another example is Paul. So Paul was probably um, one of the greatest missionaries the world has ever known. And Paul was just so consumed by his, um, his, his God-given task of, of spreading the, the good news that for him marriage presumably just wasn't on his radar um, so, it, you know, there's not this sense of unfulfilled desire or, um, you know, he just missed his chance or whatever. I think Paul just, for him, he was just so committed to what yeah. God had given him that marriage just wasn't a thing. It just, it wasn't something that he was going to do. And I just, I feel that it's sad that so often as a church, um, we get, we do get, sucked. I mean, as I've said, we get kind of this idea that, you know, marriage and kids is, the, is just the natural path and obviously it's not in any way to denigrate marriage or um i absolutely don't want to sit here and say that marriage isn't wonderful because it is it's lovely it's beautiful it's two people coming together daniel explained that last week children are wonderful um and a real and really precious and gifts um but i think my point is that when we if we are guilty of saying that it's the only way then we do a disservice to everyone that isn't married or who doesn't have children so you know not just single people who choose to be single but people who um, are widows or widowers, yeah. people who are divorced, um, people who choose not to have kids, people who can't biologically have children. If we, if we kind of as a church focus that this is the only way to do it or this is the best way to do it, then we're really doing a disservice to people that don't fit that mold. Um, so um, we, I believe that our relationship status is not the point. Proclaiming the kingdom of God is the point. Um, mm. Apprenticing under Jesus is the point walking with him in all areas of our life is the point. Um, not to say that all those, of you know, marriage and children are wonderful, but it's not the main goal.
0: Absolutely. I was going to say, if Jesus' life taught us anything, it's that marriage and kids is not the point. Like, that's not that's not I the reason it. we're here. Like, yeah. um, absolutely. Like, preach it, Claire. Yes. Um, so, I guess our question is, if, if that's what we're going to choose to believe and step into what does that um practically mean and look like for our community like you've just chatted about doing um doing a disservice to those who don't fit cultural norms or desires um can you give us some examples of when you've tangibly felt that um but also some examples of when you've felt really seen and loved in a jesus-like way where people have seen you not for your relationship status
1: yeah so um i think this applies to everybody regardless of being married single whatever wherever you're at um i think the call is to have real commitment in your relationships um as in the church and we know that when a church is unified and um in harmony and loving one another it's a great witness to the world i mean john 17 says that so and i always go to that verse because that is what i feel is a model for the church that there's commitment in your relationships regardless of like i say your status um in terms of like practical things i've always felt valued when i've been invited to to whatever it might be dinners weekends away holidays um, regardless of who's going, what, you know whether I'm the only single one there. I, I, I don't, I don't care if I'm the only one single one there. Like I, I'm cool with that. Um, so I always feel valued when I get invited to be on teams or on a committee or whatever, um, because that hasn't always been my experience. Mm. Um, and then also, just like practically, single people, it, obviously, if they live alone, are have to do everything. So they have to mow the grass, cook, wash up, you know, take the bins out you know whatever um so if if you're in a marriage hopefully that's a bit more um spread out so um practically you know having a kind of um uh, you know being aware of that and maybe if you've got time offering to help i mean i'm not saying i need help yes but um uh, you know you just being mindful marriage. of it being mindful of the fact you know people inviting you to dinner that means i don't have to cook and wash up that evening you know that's Lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm. Um, Especially
0: if it's so like it's your love language kind of thing. Like yeah. if somebody comes and helps you practically, then that's that's bigger than just the act of itself, isn't it? Yeah. So I guess taking taking a moment to understand how people feel. Loved, I mean, this is this is stuff for everybody. This isn't yeah. like a oh that person that person. But um, yeah, just figuring out how your friends tick and. Yeah how they feel loved, definitely.
1: That's exactly right. So, figuring out how, how what people's love languages are. So, for me, it is... Um, I can't remember quite what it is, but, like, if somebody thought about taking my bins out for me, that would I'd be like, oh, my word, thank you so much. And <laughs> um, for other people, it might be words of affirmation. And, you know, for some single people, they might have had a really stressful day. They go home, they've got nobody to offload to. So, yeah. you know, a friend that consistently, you know, within boundaries, I'm not saying every day, but just within boundaries, you know, phoning up, checking they're okay, how, how's work going, how are things going? And I think that... Ki-
0: you, you use the word consistently there mm. and I think that's that's probably the key isn't it it's not just the odd when I remember if I remember thing it's that kind of commitment to being a friend I think it's bigger yeah
1: absolutely um yeah and I, I'll, I'll come on to this in a second but I, yeah I think there's something for all of us in this that um like I said at the start commitment to to friendship so as a church we're coming, expecting to form strong bonds and relationships with one another. We're expecting to come in, and have to step up for people, and that might might involve your time, your energy. You know, I'm going to be really bold here, but I personally don't want to be part of a church where you come in on a Sunday morning and go, and throughout the week there's nothing else for you. You know, if we're if we're calling people, single people to live, a, for me it's a celibate, God honouring life then I need more than just a, hey, how was your week on a Sunday morning? I need relationship with people. Mm, yeah. Um, and that's not just specific to me. They're, I mean... That's the, all of us. It's all everybody. Yeah. Like, everybody's got that need within them to 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 be seen, to be, you know, to be understood. Um, I just think in some sections... of the I don't want to be really negative about the church, but in some sections of the Stay church, positive. it will just be you go on a Sunday morning and, you know, hi, hey, lovely to see you, bye. That isn't enough for me personally. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's what God intended. I think God wants us to be committed to one another to hold, stand out for each other. You know, if you come to church or to this church, expect to be in, a, in relationship with people and to work at those relationships and to be there for people.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, we've, we've written that we don't want to be a church that contributes towards loneliness. Fact. Like that is not what we, we're about. That's something that you've said you've experienced before, um, both in and out of the church. And we are not about loneliness. Um, we need to be telling a better story. We need to be telling a better story than singleness means loneliness or promiscuity. Like, we need to be telling a better story. We need to be telling, like, a Jesus story, a kingdom story, where everyone is invited to live life to the full where everyone is invited to love God and be loved by him, where everyone is invited to love people and to welcome the kingdom of God here and now. Like that is the story we need to be living and that is not the story that is told by our culture or often the church historically and that is what we need to be stepping up and stepping into. Um, and so we're just gonna I mean we've whizzed through this but we're gonna um, have a time of response now um, so um, Claire is gonna pray for us Daniel and Pippa if I could um, invite you up as well um, because I think that this is something that um, I know as a married person I don't think about particularly um, and I know that it's something that You always get pestered about, for example. Um, And so I just think um, this is a real opportunity for us to have a moment of real honesty with ourselves, um, to have a moment to consider um, our value and worth and identity, but also that of those around us and who we're looking out for, um, who we are um, actively engaging in. And to tell a better story, this is our chance to to step into a better story than you have to have marriage, kids and land to enjoy the goodness of God. Can I get an amen? Okay, that's all for this week. We hope that blessed you. If you enjoyed this week's message, then please do consider sharing it with a friend. And if you want to keep up to date with the podcast, then also look at subscribing. If you'd like to get involved with what we're doing here in Gloucestershire, then all our details can be found on our website, gloucestervineyard.org.